Dateline, London, November 2021. My name is Raymond Coke. I was born in Jamaica, St. Elizabeth, Woodland District. That was the voice of Raymond Ezekiel Coke, a rather interesting man who just happens to be my father. Because we used to, my father used to send me to buy the newspaper to see what in it every Sunday. And they used to beg it and say, people must come, work is here, money is here where you can get, and everything, all the facility was here. Welcome to the three-part series, From My Yard to Your Yard, where my father recounts his journey from rural Jamaica to London in the swinging 60s and on to the 21st century. No, I didn't keen. I didn't keen to come to England because I didn't want to travel, probably the flight or so. And my mother, and well, so she talked to me and because me, me and my mother was close and she said, we're not helping very much, we're not helping, so. It's a potted history of the black experience in the UK from the band of pioneers who 75 years on are now referred to as the Windrush generation. Well, I was looking for a lot of things. I was looking for so my brother have a uh, paradise where I'm living, where, you know, we could sit around table and have dinner, but it wasn't like that. It was no paradise. Right, so. It's raw, unfiltered and authentic, but also delivered from my yard to your yard with peace, love and blessings. We come here, we black people came here and we build this country. I can vote for we and the Irish. Please subscribe to catch every episode and share with your brethren and sistren. And that's what is quite interesting about the Coke family insofar as two brothers married two sisters. Yes, yes. Which was very, very unique. For yes, two brothers married to two sisters, yes. And I think that was the best thing ever happened to us because it was two lovely lady two of the best yes That's right you you we talk about you know auntie phyllis and obviously yes. my mother as well we're getting into the late 80s early 90s and you sort of you're, you're changing you discover god and you start going back to church yeah. and that for me is something that i never thought would happen and you know the reason why a I lot happened? of people yeah a lot of people i didn't think it was going to happen hundreds of people but i think of it for a different reason not because you like to have a party or you like to have a drink or whatever but mainly because of the incident that happened in the 60s yes and you know what i'm talking about yes yes we was going to a baptist church in deckford i was living at douglas way and we was going to a church in and I, I tell you the truth, I didn't go this Sunday, but Parnell, Parnell wouldn't tell a lie because they go, because we couldn't find no place to go. And we used to like with church, so we'd go every Sunday. And then a lot of black people start to fear that there's a church, so they start to go. And when we go in this church, this church was full to the capacity with pure white. And all of a sudden, they see we come in and they start to drift one one. They start to drift. So they stopped to attend it. They stopped yes, coming there. Yes. And then one Sunday, I didn't go this Sunday. I don't know what has happened. Then Parnell come out and tell me, say, they said to them, say, the minister meet them outside and said, they ask them not to come back to the church because all the members are misleading the church. So how did that make you feel? Oh, <laughs> I feel... I, I tell you, I didn't love church from that. I didn't love church. And they, they, they mashed me up. 
So the, the Jehovah Witness them they used to start to go around and walk and come at your house and knock your door and say this and say that and say the other. So I say, you know, let us see what it is. So I join up with the Jehovah Witness. So they used to come by me two times a week and three. But when I start to say the Our Father prayers, they say it different. The Lord is my shepherd, they have it different. And I say, no, this is not right. And I go with them for a little time and a little time till I say, oh, no, and I'm bother with you. And when they keep on coming to me, I said, no, I'm finished, I'm finished. So then after I start on the drinking. And if, I, if I'm going to a christening or I'm going to a wedding, I have to have a drink before I go. Never, never think about, you have to say, don't think about God anymore. Because they, we've been run out of church, run out of the house of God. So we, we just start to get reckless. Just start to get reckless and start to just drink and drink. And then all of a sudden, the Lord says, son, I need you. So, you know, how much of a role did your wife or my mother play in you getting back into the church? Because she never really left the church. No, no. She never, she no. was always straight oh, she, down. Yes, yes, yes. She, 100%, she helped me to get back. Because she used to get up and go to church every yes. Sunday morning. And then she used to say, Raymond, come with me now. And I said, no, man, me, me tired, me tired. I'm never up on the building. But me used to left, you know, as soon as I gone, I cooked dinner and left, you know. I gone a pub. But I tried to get back home before, before she get home. And that's where all can have dinner together. But yeah. you know what? You was good, though. What I really... And you know, no, it really impressed me. Because... You knew you were going to the pub. Yeah. But I love the way you used to get the Mr. Sheen and the duster. I don't yeah. know. Pss, pss. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but the fact is, the place was immaculate before you left. Yeah. Now, if there was a lot of men that would just have basically gone to the pub yes. and left it. Yeah. But this one day, one Sunday morning, she was going to church. And I said to her, I said, don't go to church. No matter got church to them, man. Just stay home. And she didn't go to church. And from that day, I respect her. Because there's some people going to church and you can't talk to them and you can't stop them when Sunday morning comes. But I respect her for what she didn't go. And from that day, I was uh, looking to it and say, no, no, you have to go. But then it takes something to bring me to the church. One Sunday I was coming from the pub and I was under the water. I was driving a Fiat 2000 and I know I was heavily subdated and I was driving. Come on, when I reached Deckford High Street, I see a police car behind me. I said, oh my God, this is it now. And what I said to myself, I said, Lord Jesus, respectable woman is coming from church and she has to come, out, come bail me if they stop me. But God helped me, that's when, I, when we, this was a four road, and they turned gone New Cross, and I head straight for Brockley. And I tell you something, I take every back doubles. If you don't meet up and no police stand up, every back doubles I take. And I, to get home, and when I get home, and after we have um, dinner, I said to myself, I said, no. No more drinking, Raymond. No more drinking and drive. No more pub, Raymond. God, church. 
Then the Good Friday, she was going to church, but she didn't know why tell her or fool her and tell her, say, oh, me and Vin going out to look a job and dress up in a three-piece, you know. <laughs> and we are going to look job. We are going to pay them job and not to wake up. That time she never knows her church where I go because she didn't have her own car. And she gone and we go, she see we whole car, two car loads of us are coming to church. And from that day, I go in a church and I never look back. I never look back. You obviously now found yourself as a, a, a member of the church and a regular visitor. Now, speaking of the church, what are your feelings about it now? Church is not going to be the same again, especially after this, what's happened. And it will never be the same. What do you mean what's happened in terms of COVID, you mean? Yeah, the COVID. It will never happen. But church, church was good in the old days, in the, in the older days and thing. But it's minister, a lot of ministers corrupt and doing things what they don't supposed to do. Take, for instance, the Catholic minister. I wouldn't class them as minister. Because what they do was where we see to so much young boys, it's a disgrace. I know they put, you know, and these people say they are reading the Bible, but they, they don't have the Holy Spirit to lead them and to direct them. And that's why I believe they do all these things. And it's so sad to say the church is not, not going to be the same again. So sad. But that won't say, you must, you must give up Jesus. Jesus is real. And if you are in a relationship with Jesus, you are right. You're okay. So you, because you've also got some strong feelings about tithing and offering and yeah. stuff like that. I don't believe in tithe because they take out Malachi chapter three and they say, bring the food and the money come in the storeroom. That's to feed the poor. But they're not feeding the poor. They fly off in big jet, having big house, having big car. Because when that law, what they're preaching to the people now, that was Moses' law. But when Jesus came and the, when Jesus went on the cross, Jesus said, it is finished. Man redemption have been paid. I pay for hell. I pay for heaven. I pay for the key. I pay for death. I pay for sickness. He paid for everything and he says, finish. That was Moses' law. So it should be no tithe. This is, it's like a robbery. They're telling the people, them, I believe some of them is blaspheming because they're telling them, say, God not going to bless them if they don't give. And that's not right. God is not like that. When God was on earth, he wasn't praying for the sick, healing the sick, cleansing the leper. He didn't charge a penny. Now they are charging everything. Here on the radio, you want me to pray for you, for you and your family, better put $10,000, put too much thousand. That's, that's all wrong. That's not of God. That's not of God. They're going about it wrong. You've been in this country now for 60 years 60. in 2022. Yes. Do you think the situation is any less racist than when you were being chased by Teddy Boys? Yes, it's, it's, it's a little bit better, but it's getting back to the same old story. It was so sad. We, we tried to make these people realize uh, we are human. And not because their skin is white and our skin is black. They are better also and better more than us. 
This black man here have education, can kill the prime minister, but they would not give him the job. They will not give him the job. Don't care how much college you go, how much your university you have. i tell you something, I don't know. I soon die and gone home to my father. But you know, I don't think a black man will ever be. We see black man in America where we believe that that would never happen. But I don't believe it will happen in England. Because the racist is still here badly. I never know. I never know things 20th century. It would still carry on and be like this. Never know. It's really sad. Sad. So we're coming up for the third generation of black British children. I think we were the first generation of children that were born here, um, uh, that were acknowledged as being born here. So what is your advice to them going forward? You're a person at the end of the day that has lived a life. You've traveled all over the world. You've been and lived in different places, met so many different people, done so many different jobs. What's your advice to a young person now? What I said to the young people, um, I feel sorry for young people in London and all over probably the world. Because, you know, these people, uh, when we have our children and they're born and grow here, and now some of them can't even get on the house ladder. Thing is so hard and so bad with them. And when you see the government taking other country people, 20,000, how much thousand they take them in? And our children, our grandchildren, and can't get nowhere. Can't get nowhere to live. And this government don't think about it. We come here. We black people came here. And we build this country. I can vote for we and the Irish. And the, and the, and the, what is it? The Scottish. The Irish and the Scottish and black people. We build this country. We build this country. And we see how they treat we sometimes is a disgrace. When you look at it, if I, I have a married and I have my wife and I want she to come up, how much you have in the bank? How much you have to have in the bank? How long they coming for? We don't think they might go back. But they can take the immigrants, they can take people from another country, we have blow them up. The same people, them, see what, see, you hear half my Liverpool last night. Uh -huh. They take those people, we're blowing them up. And they give them position and they give them place. And our grandchildren and great-grandchildren can't get nowhere to live. Huh? Even their own people living on the street. But they take other country. Huh? Can you understand that? Huh? And they, they, they're still racist to black people. You want to take up one person from the West Indies and what you have to go through. <laughs> you know, it, it's, it's a joke. But all I said to them, said to the young people, get another education and believe me, have ambition and you can reach the top. No care what they might try to do, we don't know. They can reach the top. They can reach the top. Top is the limit. Mr. Raymond Ezekiel Coke, as your son, I'm pleased to be the custodian of your life story. And at the end of the day, I know we could talk for days and days and days and days but the fact is we have to come and bring it to an end at some point mm -hmm. so thank you for sharing your your memories thank you for sharing your your trials your tribulations your success your growth 
and everything that goes with it. And it's been a pleasure to interview you and it's been a pleasure to be your son. Thank you, sir. <laughs> Thank you. Epilogue. Raymond Koch passed away on the 4th of June, 2022, in his beloved St. Elizabeth in Jamaica. This was the final full-length conversation that we ever had together. It's interesting because up until that recording, my father, like many people, didn't know what a podcast was. He always loved technology, especially when someone else set it up for him. I got the feeling he didn't want to say goodbye as such. And this was his way of maybe bowing out gracefully. When I was a kid, my mother and father both had a saying, when you no hear me, be gone. It simply means when you no longer hear my voice, I've already left. But that's the thing about modern technology. No one now ever has to leave. But this isn't just about my father or my mother. It's about everyone who boarded a plane or boarded a ship for a better life. I and all my contemporaries salute you because without your bravery, there would be no one to share this story. These stories are sent from my yard to your yard with peace, love and blessings. Dedication. During the making of this podcast, our dearest counsellor Colette Dennis passed away suddenly on the 9th of June 2023. Colette would have loved to have heard this podcast and would have definitely made her own. We miss you greatly, Colette, and we all know that one day my nephews and grandnephews will immortalise you in the same way I have done for my father. But let's not end it there. I think my father should have the last word, and I think he deserves a Hollywood ending, don't you? Jesus, we will meet her. Probably 
she gotta go first, then we will cut up to meet her in the air. A lady so kind, so good hearted. Is my mother, my friend, my everything. She grew my children, she grew other children, so kind, worked so hard. You know why we should rejoice this morning? Because if you have to count from one to 90, you got to stop and catch your breath. We want to give God thanks. It wasn't a gun man, it wasn't a knife man. Jesus said, daughter, come home. And she gone home to be with the Lord. She worked so hard. Even when she was eight years faster, she was in her garden with her back. Working. Yes. Tell Mr. Boy, boy, come and say, Mommy, no more fuck. <laughs> I take over. Yes. You know? And she was so kind to people, everybody. And the children then take it after. Francine is a little madam now. A little baby is a little madam. I know, Francine, you're going to feel it more because you live with Mommy all your life. But God will strengthen you. God will take you through. He will guide you. He will protect you. He's the son of the living God. You cannot fail. Melvin, my son, you know, train that boy up. <laughs> Always have a nice smile. I want to give God thanks for him and all the family and all the friends this morning. I want to give God thanks. And you know, Sister May, she was just so good, but you have to go. I used to go to Jamaica so often, and I used to bring her back her little goodies, her little bami, little gumbo, and all little things. But you know, she never just take one thing. She said, never you leave it. Don't tell me. And when I go around the pasta, she always push a little 20 pound in my hand. Buy sweetie and the player. She was a good one. But now she's going to be with the Lord. Be God, have good courage. May God bless you. May God keep you. May God watch over you. May countenance be shine upon you and be graceful in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Amen.